Welcome to Jersey Guy Sports, your sports talk home for the Yankees, the Giants, the Rangers, and the Rutgers Scarlet Knights, and I'm your host, Don. I want to thank you for tuning in. Today, I'm going to be talking about the Rangers getting shut out by the Carolina Hurricanes Friday night in Carolina in Game 2, and the Rangers now trail the series two games to none. So let's go ahead and get started. The Rangers were smothered by the Carolina Hurricanes Friday night on the road in Game 2 of the second round of the NHL playoffs, losing 2 to nothing and looking anemic on offense all night, unfortunately. The game was not one where the Rangers ever threatened offensively, or at least not very much. And while they didn't play poorly defensively, they actually played pretty well defensively, it's clear that the Rangers were not generating scoring chances all night. And it was quite clear that the Rangers' best players are not playing nearly, nearly well enough to tilt the ice in the Rangers' favor at this point. And most critically, the Rangers showed once again that they cannot win a goddamn faceoff if their friggin' lives depended on it. It's just the same, same theme over and over every night. <clears throat> and, you know, chickens have come home to roost at this point, right? I mean, you can only go so far if every single time there's a faceoff, the other team ends up with the puck. You're really not going to have any possession. And if you can't generate any offense otherwise, that just sort of adds fuel to the fire. When you combine the smothering defense of Carolina, the poor, poor play from the Rangers forwards, and then you add in, you know, the utter and complete lack of any faceoff capability for the Rangers centers, you have what amounts to a pathetic looking offense. The game started pretty evenly, you know, and the crowd was fired up from the start. It got a little chippier, by the way. This game two was much chippier than game one. Game one, they only called two minor penalties, and that was it for the entire game. This game, however, was much chippier right from the beginning. There was a lot of penalties called, <clears throat> and it was uh, it was it was a better game to watch, I think, even though there was again almost no scoring whatsoever. Uh, the Rangers, um, the Rangers were not successful on the power play. We're going to talk about that as this podcast goes on. Um, Carolina has an outstanding penalty kill unit and it showed you know on a power play the Rangers had one I guess about I don't know 10 or 12 minutes into you know the game in the first period Rangers won the power play um they continued to lose face off after face off um and they didn't really do much there and by the way uh just after that Ryan Lindgren <laughs> continuing to play like the warrior he is <laughs> he was hurt several times during the first period he took a puck off the face and someone shot one and hit off someone's stick and deflected into his face they kept showing him and the commenters kept talking about it on tv how you know he continues to get hurt and continues to play well lingering has been just tremendous for the rangers he's just a key part of this team and he really you know as a hockey player he exemplifies the toughness of hockey players night in and night out you know you want to look up the definition of a hockey player you'll see ryan lingering's face on wikipedia or something um then later God. With a mostly wide open net, Ryan Strom hit the back of the leg of a Carolina defenseman. And once again, Strom, Strom did not score. Strom has had just a pathetic playoffs and he really needs to start burying some pucks. Ryan Strom, by the way, is the king, the, the high exalted mystic ruling king of missing wide open nets. I swear if there was a trophy for most wide open nets missed, Strom would win it every single year. I mean, he probably would set the NFL record this year for missing wide open nets. He's just killing me. And by the way, on that same play where he missed a wide open net, Carolina was called for another penalty 
All right, this is about eight minutes left in the first period, and the power play for the Rangers did not look good again. And that was a theme for the entire night. The Rangers had almost no scoring chances on the power play. And Carolina, as a matter of fact, had two outstanding scoring chances shorthanded. Two two-on-ones, but neither one scored. One of them actually hit the post. Continued face-off losses in the Carolina zone while they're trying to, you know, do something on those on those power plays absolutely continue to kill the Rangers. It is an ongoing and perennial failure of this team and of Drury to not produce a center or someone who can win a friggin' face-off. Anyone, anyone who can step in. It's the number one concern you guys might have remembered that I noted before these playoffs started and, you know, got some feedback, you know, how, how could you say it's, you know, face-offs were the number one concern, listing all the things coming into the playoffs. And you're seeing it. You're seeing it. You know, the Rangers are just getting killed. And it's just, it's been a dagger for, for the Rangers. Um, unfortunately, it's proved out to be one of the biggest issues. They continue to haunt the Rangers. What, what else happened? In the first period, Capocacco had a pretty good shift late in the period where he kind of, you know, did his thing. Worked the puck down low. He was strong on the puck. Made some good moves. The kids line in general, again, had a pretty good night. Um, but... Of course, they didn't win any faceoffs, and the first period ended zero zero with Carolina definitely having the better of the play. Uh, the Rangers had entirely, let's see, five shots on goal. Looks like in the first period, <laughs> as the second period started, the Rangers did not even have an attempted shot on goal until five minutes into the second period, and it was noted that at that point, the Rangers had their first shot attempt in 10 full minutes of action. So it was like the first five minutes of the second period all the way back to the last five minutes of the first period. During that 10 minutes of gameplay, the Rangers had no attempted shots on goal. This is how pathetic and anemic the offense is. So, you know, not good at all. Luckily, it was still 0-0 at that point. Uh, Throughout, you know, early in that second period, Carolina had the advantage in play, though, right? Uh, Kreider took a penalty just over six minutes in. He had two penalties on the night. He had, God, I could go through every single forward and just tell you how bad they played. Kreider played bad. Zibanejad played bad. Uh, Panarin, again, for the love of God, was awful. Oh, my God. Strom, terrible. The The entire first two lines were awful. Again, the kid line were, were okay, but they're supposed to be your third line. You know, the other two lines have got to do better. But in any case, Kreider took the first of his two penalties. Um, and as the second period wore on, the Rangers continued to lose face-off after face-off after face-off. Raise your hand if you sense a theme here. Halfway through the game, this is about the 10-minute mark in the second period, the Rangers had all of, let's see, seven total shots on goal. In half a game, seven shots. I mean, <laughs> half the game is over. They had seven shots on goal. I mean, what what can you say? What words can you use to describe that? A uh, couple good things. You know, Tyler Mott you had a very good shift and, and played pretty well on on various you know chances throughout the game i wish very much that galant would use tyler mott more because while he's not flashy and he's not going to score a lot he is a playoff hockey type person right he's gritty he gets in the corners he is an excellent penalty killer and you know he has speed and he plays a straight ahead game he checks well 
that's what you need in the playoffs. Um, he had a couple shots on goal, won a battle for a puck. He forced an icing. Like, like he did some good stuff, and, and I want to see more of Tyler Mott. But, you know, I, I fear that the Rangers are not going to be in the playoffs much longer, so we're not going to see much more of him. After a really strong shift, by the way, the Rangers drew a four-minute power play. About seven minutes left in the second period in what would be the turning point of the game. The Rangers drew a four-minute power play. Right, The score was 0-0. The Rangers had a double minor power play advantage. And this was absolutely the chance for the Rangers to take the lead and possibly take control of this game. Instead, this ended up being an utterly despicable, pathetic display of a power play. I I don't even know what words you can use. Absolutely nothing happened for the Rangers on the power play early on. Matter of fact, Carolina had another outstanding shorthanded chance. Then later... In the shorthanded opportunity, Carolina came in on a three-on-one and scored to make it one nothing Carolina, shorthanded. By the way, the Rangers had zero shots on goal during that double minor, at least at that point. I didn't check at the end, but it was like 30 seconds left in the second one. So three and a half of the four minutes left were gone, and they had no shots on goal. So the Rangers had zero shots on goal, and Carolina ended up with a shorthanded goal. That is how bad. That power play was. The Rangers also managed to then take a penalty just before their power play expired. So let's review the Rangers' four-minute power play. Zero shots on goal. Carolina scored a shorthanded goal. And the Rangers took a penalty while on the power play. I mean, is it possible to have a worse four-minute fucking power play than that? Is it possible? I don't think so. Just friggin' awful. Zero shots on goal. A Carolina goal. And the Rangers took a penalty, all while the Rangers were on the power play. I mean, I don't, I don't even know what to say there. And once again, Artemi Panarin was way too fancy, and he was having yet another awful, pathetic game for the Rangers. I don't know what to say about him anymore. It's, it's, it's amazing. He's one of my favorite players. He's just been a spectacular Ranger for the couple of years he's been on the team. And during the regular season, he's tremendous. But he's been, you know basically an albatross for the Rangers here in the playoffs. And not not even, like, not good. He's, he's hurting the team. On the ensuing hurricane power play, the Rangers took yet another penalty, by the way. Uh, Mr. Kreider, again, with his second friggin' penalty of the game, right? Uh, well, I don't know what Kreider was doing. I don't know what he's been doing lately. This gave Carolina a two-man advantage for a minute and ten seconds. Um, it didn't seem possible, really, for the wheels to come off any more than it did. The Rangers went from having a four-minute power play to being down one nothing and shorthanded five-on-three in about a minute and a half. And I'm like, how in the frig do you go from being 0-0 with a four-minute power play to losing one nothing and being shorthanded by two men? But, you know, some good penalty killing resulted in the Rangers killing off the five on three. Some really good Shesterkin saves and an actual face-off win. One of the few of the game helped kill off that two-man advantage. And the second period ended one nothing Carolina. The Rangers had all of 12 total shots on the goal for the entire game heading into the third period. That is just not enough. It has to be double that easily. I mean, it's just, it's just not enough. In the third period, uh, God. 
Gallant started mixing and matching lines. He moved Lafreniere up to play with Strom and Panarin. I mean, the, the Rangers were doing so bad. He was just trying anything to, to get the Rangers going, and they really didn't. The Rangers continued to lose face-offs. You know, the sky was blue, bear shit in the woods. The Rangers lost face-offs. I don't even have to say the words anymore. With five minutes left in the game or so, the Rangers had not even managed to hit 20 shots on goal, right? So so there was, I don't know, six or seven minutes, and I looked up, and the Rangers had 17 shots on goal. And I'm thinking, you just have to do better than that. You have to. The Hurricanes, they were too fast. They forechecked too strongly for the Rangers the entire game. Uh, the Rangers pulled their goalie. Igor went to the bench with about almost three minutes left in regulation. Um, they did have one tiny flurry at the beginning of that empty net set, but then after that, you would have never known that the goalie was pulled. Usually when the other team's goalie is pulled, you know, if the, you know, if the other team doesn't put it in the open net, usually the team with their goalie pulled with six people skating has some good flurries and they get some chances. It was just a pathetic, pathetic display. You, you would not even notice that the Rangers had the power play, had their goalie pulled and that they were playing with an extra skater because nothing happened. Nothing happened. They didn't get another shot on goal the entire game. After a little tiny flurry with maybe two minutes and 30 seconds left, they went the entire rest of regulation without the goalie and did not shoot, none, did not get a shot on goal. How does that happen? I mean, it would, I'll tell you, it was absolutely smothering defense. The inability of the Rangers to work hard and go in a straight line uh, and the inability to dump pucks and be good enough to win puck battles in the corner. The Rangers not playing in straight lines continues to haunt them. Uh, Carolina put in an empty net goal with 1.8 seconds left, and Vanek finished the scoring, and the Rangers lost 2 nothing. For the Rangers, I mean, this was not an unexpected result. If we sit here and analyze this, this was not unexpected, right? I was actually expecting much more of a blowout, if I'm being honest with you guys in here in Game 2. I think I said at the end of Game 1, <coughs> excuse me, I wouldn't be surprised if this was like a, you know, Four one five nothing game or something. The Rangers did not play poorly defensively, and you know that was a good sign. But their offense was anemic, brutal, pathetic, awful, embarrassing. I mean, <laughs> pick more words. It's okay. Just put your name in a hat and pick one. There's nothing you can say that would make their offense seem worse uh, than it really was. It was just terrible. And I, there's nothing you can possibly say. I mean, Panarin, as we said, continued his playoff woes to, to the point where, again, he's almost a detriment when he's on the ice, believe it or not. It seems silly to say those words, but when Panarin's on the ice, sometimes it's a detriment. Mika and Kreider, again, produced absolutely nothing for the Rangers. Absolutely nothing, right? I mean, at least they didn't really turn the puck over much. Like Panarin, when he's on, didn't produce anything, but he's also turning the puck over all the time. And, you know, I don't know what the stats are or what actually qualifies as a turnover, but when you're watching the game, he's coming up the ice with the puck, you know, more than half the time, the next person to touch the puck is a Carolina Hurricane. It's not a teammate, right? He's trying to deke, he's trying to pass, he's trying to you know, do something that just doesn't work. And whether they call it a turnover or not, he has not been effective. Mika and Kreider did nothing in two full games now and a bit of overtime, right? So you had six periods and a little bit of overtime. The Rangers have now managed the entirety of one single solitary goal, right? So the Rangers have played two playoff games in this round, plus overtime, 
and they have one entire goal in the whole series. This certainly does not bode well at all for this series. And once again, this is not too unexpected, you know, going into the series. Uh, I fully expected Carolina to win, and my opinion has not changed after two games in Carolina. Now, the series certainly seems over, you know. There is a saying, as a lot of you guys know, in playoff hockey where, you know, blood is not drawn until someone wins a road game, right? The series doesn't start until someone wins a game on the road, right? And that hasn't happened yet, but even so. This series seems over, uh, and I'm sorry, it's, it just does. There just seems no chance in hell that the Rangers are going to win four of the last five games against this team. Once again, though, the sad part of this is that the Rangers had that game one in hand, right? Not this game two, but that game one. They were the better team in game one. They had the lead with three minutes left in game one. They had an open net with six minutes left in that game, right? And Kako miss it. And that would have given the Rangers a 2-0 lead in that game one. It would have sewn up game one. Instead, they give up a late crushing goal in game one in regulation. Lost early in overtime. And then they were subsequently shut out here in game two. So bam, bam, bam. It's over. This is really not the time to be emotional, though, about about the Rangers. They're losing here to a superior team. And the worst part is that... This superior team, Carolina, has not played their best, and and that's what's so frustrating about being a Ranger fan right now. They're losing to a better team, but they're losing to a better team that is not playing their best. Um, it may not seem that way, you know, that they're losing to a superior team, but it is. The Hurricanes are better in every way. The Rangers have played two close games, and they've lost two close games. The entire offense looks utterly dysfunctional, much in the same way the offense looked against Carolina every single time during the regular season this year, by the way, guys. So if you watch the games during the regular season and you're watching the games now, you're not seeing much difference. So the the folks that are surprised now about this offense probably don't remember the regular season games. Um, what I would like to say, though, is the Rangers showing a little bit of resiliency here and winning at least one of these last two home games, preferably the one on Sunday afternoon, right, this game three, so that if they win that, game four actually means something. You know, should the Rangers lose game three at home on Sunday afternoon, they'll be down 3 nothing in the series, and the rest of the games, if there's any, will not even be entertaining, right? Who's going to care about a game four when you're down 3 nothing because the Rangers are not coming back, you know, four straight games? But let's see, let's see, you know, if the Rangers manage to win it on Sunday afternoon and then the series is 2-1 to one, where everyone's won their home games, you know, you go into game four with a little bit of hope, you know, a little bit of confidence, and the Rangers are known for their resiliency. You know, maybe you can make this a series. At least, in any case, if you win game three, we know game four should be exciting. You know, I still see absolutely zero path to a series victory for the Rangers here. I just don't. Uh, we're facing Carolina's backup goaltender, by the way, on Toronto. We don't want to, they have a stud goaltender like Shesterkin, right? Shesterkin was number one in the season in all the stats. This guy Anderson for Carolina was number two and right behind him in every category. So he's not even playing. Uh, our Auntie Ranta we're facing and we're still scored one goal in two games. So this is not the best Carolina team offensively and they don't have their best goalie in there. And, and I just, I don't see a real path to victory for the Rangers in this series. But, you know, stranger things have happened and the Rangers are resilient. And when you have an outstanding goalie like Shesterkin, if he ends up standing on his head for a week or two, you never know what could happen. So I'm really hoping they could win game three on Sunday and at least make the series somewhat interesting. Also, going forward, regardless of how the series ends, which may end 4 nothing, it may end up 4-1, who knows. 
Drury needs to build a team that has people who can win faceoffs. It is the biggest deficiency in this team right now, and he needs to address it ASAP in the offseason. He needs to add pieces that can play a little bit more of a straight line, hard-nosed hockey game, and he needs to get someone that can win a goddamn faceoff. Let's hope for an entertaining and victorious game in Game 3 at home on Sunday for the Rangers, and we'll see how we do. And that's all I have for you today. So thanks for listening to Jersey Guy Sports. Please subscribe and tell your friends all about it. And I'll be back soon with some more sports talk. Thanks and have a good day.